right, well, I'm happy to start this forum for the our three candidates, and uh, we're fortunate to have four candidates who are applying for that position. The forum will open with a two-minute introductory statement by each candidate, where they can describe their experience, their hopes, if they're elected to office, what they would like to achieve. Um, this will be followed by a one-minute question uh, for each candidate. It will be the same question that each candidate answers. The candidate that answers the question first will rotate from candidate to candidate with each question. The first of these questions will be questions that have already been decided upon by the league. Uh, these questions have not been shared with the candidates previously. And those will be followed by questions submitted by the audience. Uh, audience members, you can write your question on a card and submit it to one of the league members who's available in the audience, and they'll, they'll take a look at it and select certain questions to pass on. Um, they might consolidate questions. Uh, if the question's already been asked, they will not repeat that question. And questions that are directly to one of the candidates alone are not allowed, so they'll probably pass on. Um, after this, the candidates will have a two-minute closing statement period. And the order of the closing statement will be in the reverse order of the opening statement, just to keep it fair. Uh, and finally, we ask that each candidate focus their comments, their answers, on their own take on the issues and not comment on other candidates. And if there is a determination that there has been some negative commentary made upon another candidate by one candidate, uh, the commenting candidate will cede some of their time, or I will have them cede some of their time to the other candidate to uh, issue a rebuttal. So with that, thank you very much and welcome. And so if we'd start off with yourself, candidate Chu, if you would be willing to make an opening statement. Uh, thank you very much, Kristen. Uh, good afternoon. My name is Ken Chu. I'm a former mayor and council member of Moranga. In 28 years of uh, professional transportation engineer. I, uh, I was asked, I read into the letters, it says that what are the most pressing issues in America and what is your plan to address them? And that was the requirement of an opening statement. So basically, there are three most pressing issues in America today which are directly related to what's going on with the current state of our system. Number one, public concerns for personal safety. The lack of park police presence posed a safety issue for both park riders and employees. So if elected to the board, I would champion the effort to improve public safety by implementing police presence in trains and at park station to an acceptable level. Incidents like the installation of fake camera, camera security cameras will not happen under my watch. I will accelerate installation of rail cameras in trains. Apathy, number two, apathy by your elected officials. The majority of our officials continue to ignore hardship and bad experiences of riders, building stations, restaurants, poor customer service, disrespectful and inhumane, and inhumane action of closing down half the restaurants in the system, constant denial of accessibility to seniors and the disabled due to constant breakdowns of elevators and escalators. I will work hard to address these problems immediately for the benefit of riders and employees. Like, third and last is the lack of financial accountability by the official. The majority of current board members continue to approve costly and unsustainable employee contracts and unable to prevent local labor strikes which devastated 
the entire period. I will be a director independent of political agenda and personal, personal social agenda. Unlike many current board members, I will not be beholden to the employee unions or special interest group. Thank you for your consideration, and I look forward to serving you. Thank you, Candidate Pichu. Candidate Freeman, would you like to provide your opening statement? All right. Um, I probably didn't really do it to the prompt, but uh, um, I'm Worth Freeman, candidate for uh, Barcourt District 3. Um, I'm focused on bringing BART back to the good standing order, increasing transparency through technology, and developing a better Bay Area transit network. Uh, my first priority of any uh, BART director is should be uh, continuing the redevelopment of our BART infrastructure, uh, which kind of works out for the rest of the country, which everyone is hearing needs full development, uh, uh, which after four years, BART is in the uh, Beyond that, I believe that BART and government in general should have much better uh, tr uh, transparency and much better public perception. Um, through initiatives such as releasing BART meetings through YouTube videos or um, putting on uh, more common, more uh, uh, more recognized, popular uh, services like YouTube or Vimeo, um, we can allow BART to be more transparent. And um, by attempting such things as open source policies, we can allow the public to have a greater, um, uh, to suggest changes to our developing policies. Uh, the third part for me is to believe that we can have greater relationships between our partner agencies um, so that providers of all our services can develop and uh, with such things as time transfers, bus, uh, time transfer buses, express buses to stations, discounts, and reliability. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Candidate Primo. Candidate Saltzman. Thank you. Good afternoon. I'm Rebecca Saltzman, and for the past four years, I've served as your BART director. And I originally ran for the BART board four years ago because I'm a transit rider. Um, I depend on BART, AC Transit, and walking to get around, so I know how critical BART is for me and for the entire Bay Area. Um, and during my first term, I've had three main priorities. My number one priority has been reinvesting in the BART system. As Worth just brought up, the system's old, 44 years old, and all of our infrastructure pretty much is that old. So we need to really replace and repair everything. So in my four years, uh, the board has doubled the percentage of our capital budget that we've spent on system reinvestment. I think this is really critical and something that I will continue to do if I'm elected to a second term. Um, my second priority has been increasing access to the BART stations. As you probably know, if you're a BART rider, our parking lots fill up quite early. We really need to focus on making it easier for people to get to the BART stations by uh, walking, biking, and by bus. Um, so I focus on infrastructure upgrades for um, pedestrians, bike parking, um, and also focus on a better relationship with AC Transit. Um, we reformed a joint committee between BART and AC Transit, which I co-chair, and we've been working on ways to make the systems work better together for riders who depend on those systems. Um, we're doing a pilot program right now to reduce the fares when you ride between both systems, and we're working on a lot of other projects together, including piloting time transfers at some of our stations. Yeah. My third priority has been increasing the equity within the BART system. This year, we passed a policy mandating at least 20% affordable housing at all of our developments. And in my second term, I want to work on lower fares for low-income riders. Thank you. Hello, everyone. My name is Varun Paul. 
Thank you to the League for inviting us. I was born and raised in this district, actually not too far from here, over on Parker Street. I grew up uh, using BART, so does my family. So I know uh, how important BART is to the community. Uh, for me, I decided to run because I wanted to bring to bear some of the experience I have, mainly in the private sector, but some in the public sector, in driving transparency, in ensuring that teams work together well, that we have truth in data, and that we have good action plans. I have the experience in doing that, and I want to bring that to bear at BART. Reliability, efficiency, safety, and fiscal discipline are themes that everyone talks about, and they're the correct themes to talk about. But I think beyond that, we ask ourselves a higher question, which is, what is the culture at BART, mainly within management? We need someone on the BART board that will hold management accountable, ask the tough questions. For example, BART has been going around saying that this year they're 89% on time. And when I speak to folks in the district, they don't believe that BART is on time 89% of the time. They want to know how BART is calculating that metric. And I think that goes to a root cause of a cultural issue and a management issue at BART, where we need to begin asking ourselves in a very square fashion, are we collecting the right information? Are we asking the hard questions? And what are the plans in place to change BART for the better? I want to stabilize the system. I want to make things more transparent. And I want to have a status action plan live on BART's website so that everyone in the community can hold BART accountable you can hold me accountable if I'm elected your board director as well. Thank you. Thank you very much for your opening statements. This question will go to um, candidate Freeman to start with. And this is sort of a follow-up action on the, the data question, although not so much about reliability but, uh, later. Uh, but there have been a number of extensions of the BART system over the past many years. And so looking at those historical examples of how new ridership develops compared to how it was projected, what is your approach to the cost per new rider for new extensions that are planned? Uh, so basically looking at the historical precedent of past extensions, how they worked out, and, and what are your thoughts about what part should extend in the future and what metrics should be used to make those decisions? I would say that uh, the number of the BART extensions have been obviously very valuable, going out to Pittsburgh, going out to Dublin, Pleasanton, going out to SFO, and Millbrae uh, has all been very valuable. Going out to the Oakland, uh, Oakland Airport has been one of the greatest choices. Uh, going out to Silicon Valley, it was paid for by Silicon Valley. That's not really a problem for BART's uh, capital expenditures and whatnot. I do believe that BART should continue to expand after reconstruction, of course, and after development of its core system. Uh, but I do believe that um, what the next stop should be, um, hopefully, uh, would be uh, Livermore. But that's just my personal opinion. So one of the core reasons I ran for the BART board four years ago was because I felt that the board was not looking critically enough at extensions and was so focused on extensions that they were neglecting the core system. If you've seen where that's gotten us today. Luckily, we're moving in a different direction now. Um, but as we move forward, besides the extensions that are already under construction, we need to look at every new potential extension and consider not just the capital upfront costs, what it takes to build it, but also the operating and maintenance costs and how that ex extension will impact 
the rest of the BART system. So we know right now BART is quite full. Even when we get our new train cars in, it will continue to be full. So if we're feeding people in, that impacts the system. If we're operating an extension with not very many riders, that impacts us financially quite a bit because we're not getting the, the rider fares. So we really need to look at every extension holistically. And we also have to consider different technology. For eBART, we're doing a cheaper technology, a diesel multiple unit. Um, we're also looking at potentially doing bus rapid transit for extension. So that's the thing I continue to do. Uh, that's a great question. Um, my philosophy is, is that we need to focus on the core system, both operationally and financially, because if we don't have a stabilized core system, we can't get it right, we can't do anything else. For example, BART's, BART's computer system that controls the trains and the system is from the 60s and 70s. And according to one interview, uh, one BART board director said that that leads to 25% of the delays in the system. I'd like to know what the other 75% are, but as you can see, we need to invest in our core system and ensure that we have that right, and then work for creative solutions with other transit agencies in the state. I'm a big advocate for expanding our ferry service. I don't think we do a good job being a world-class area next to this world-class bay in an environmentally uh, sustainable fashion. So that's my philosophy on the issue. As a transportation professional for over 28 years, I deal with transportation issues day in and day out as a professional. And of course, I will always support the possibility or opportunity for expansion. But at the same time, I also want the politician to focus on the core program, which is the maintenance, the essential maintenance and operating program. So, and at the same time, there are many challenges I think BART has to put the house in order. The challenges that I mentioned in my opening statement. Um, when we do have an opportunity to look at possibility expansion, we need to consider the environmental impact. Uh, and, the, uh, and basically, it's a good thing to have an expansion because it will reduce congestion and reduce pollution in the Bay Area. Thank you. Thank you very much. The next question starts with Kennedy Saltzman. Uh, this has been touched on in some of the answers and statements that have been made currently. What is the existing system's reliability, particularly as compared to other transportation systems in the country? And what is it in comparison to road travel, which is often used as a comparison for car reliability? Sure. Well, it, it changes. You know, we have quarterly performance reports that go to the board, and that includes um, reliability and lots of other measures, cleanliness, safety, all sorts of things. So um, it's true the most recent measure is 89%. And that's on time of all trains. So we have a lot of our delays happening during the morning and evening commutes because they compound because there are so many trains right behind each other. So the kind of rider delay might seem higher. Um, and then during the, in the middle of the day and on the weekends, we have, have fewer delays. Compared to other transit systems, it's, we actually have pretty high reliability, but it has been dropping at BART, and a lot of the reasons have been because of our aging infrastructure. So we don't think what we're having right now is good enough, and we need to replace the infrastructure so we can be uh, more reliable for riders. Of course, there's tons of delays on the Bay Area roads. I think a report just came out showing it's increased even more. Um, so there's reliability issues throughout our transportation systems. 
Could you repeat the question, please? Certainly. The question was, um, which you actually the first one to broach the statistics, what is the reliability of the BART system? And how does it compare to other transportation systems, both in the area and throughout the country, including the reliability of road transportation? Uh, well, BART claims, as I said, that they're 89% reliable or on time. And I think you have to look at that from a customer's perspective and, and take a step back and ask yourself to, to a customer, whatever time of day it is, when you need to get to work, when you need to pick up your child from daycare, a delay is a delay. And I don't think BART has been square about that with the people in the Bay Area. And they're also giving a mixed message. And this leads to my theme of transparency in action. BART's Twitter account has been very open in saying the system you know, wasn't built to hold this capacity. But at the same time, we have an 89% metric out there. So for me, I would like to, uh, if I was a BART board director, is to institute quarterly, at least, surveys of reliability and have a clear way in which we measure that reliability and that index. I think BART will always be uh, the best alternative, uh, especially in our congested roads and whatnot, but I think we can do a better job. So it starts with asking, what is that number? Thank you. Uh, the reliability of what, 85%, I think Paul mentioned earlier, uh, always think that's not good enough. See, from a person, who has multi-culture and multi-national uh, background. I've seen some other broadcast systems around the world, and we're not even close. This is something that we can actually look forward to matching. Can we learn from this outstanding system around the world that has uh, impactful uh, reliability? So, and the challenge, of course, again, bringing back to our current part situation, we have 775 new cars to be open. This is an opportunity, I think, to, to let us uh, upgrade our control system and looking at the overall uh, picture of how we can improve reliability with these new cars. And this is something that hasn't really been talked about. And what we've been hearing is again and again is that we don't have money and we need more money from the taxpayers. But I think this is an opportunity, like I say, you know, let us put a house in order, get those new cars rolling, and, and, and prove it to the voters and taxpayers that, in fact, we can run a, a world-class uh, uh, train system. Thank you. Kennedy uh, Freeman. Uh, so one thing I think that uh, should be explained is that I believe the 89% number comes from a uh, five-minute delay. So a bar car or a bar train is a five-minute delay. It's counted as delay. Um, late. Uh, I believe I read that in a report to Congress or something like that. Um, but to me, one of the biggest things that should be done in regards to delays and improving reliability and improving perception of people or in perception of the passengers would be um, incident reports or identifying what causes those delays. And I kept telling the passengers earlier what causes those delays before they get into the station or something along those lines. Uh, one of the ways they've been doing is through Twitter accounts. But one of the problems with Twitter accounts is um, they're not on the ground floor. They don't know what's going on, why the art is, uh, why the art is, uh, is going slow or something. So what I would believe is that art should be identifying the exact problem why why the art is so that we can actually have an identification for how long a delay should we try and take a bus or find some other way of handling this issue. 
Well, the next question goes to candidate Paul to start with. Uh, the, as I'm sure you've read, there's autonomous road vehicles that are rolling out and projected to roll out. There's a number of train systems in the world that are autonomous. And so I'm curious your thoughts for the long term of an autonomous bar system. Is that desirable or not desirable? Um, I think you can't fight technological innovations, especially here in Silicon Valley. I think there we have a lot to learn uh, from Google and other companies that are making the private sector investment in autonomous vehicles, but I do think a leader in the train, the train operator, will always have a role. Their job might change. They might have to change their skill sets in order to operate an autonomous system. Maybe their job expands into attending to the needs of the rest of the cars and the passengers, but I think it's a good thing. Um, there could be great efficiencies, and you can start automating planning and relieving congestion. So uh, I'm eager to see how that develops. It's still a ways away, but I think um, we need to get to the forefront of working with Google and Uber and other agencies that are investing in this research and academic institutions and see where could we at BART get in at the ground level and start to see how it impacts us now. I was uh, talking to some elected officials out in the Tri-Valley area, which I'm a moment pleasant turn in Dalton. In fact, autonomous system has been tried and they're currently under uh, experimental uh, program. It is a kind of a struggling program taking people from the business center to commute, commuters from bus station and back and forth. That's already happening. So I think I think that's a good thing. And uh, yes, as Verona uh, said, I mean, we can't really escape technology. And this is going to happen whether we like it or not. And I fully support that. So <clears throat> I look forward to uh, more innovation to our bar system and, uh, and, and pledge to continue to work with the people in Silicon Valley. Whatever new ideas and innovation we can come up with, but as long as benefit the employees and the writers. Um, to get into the history a little bit, I believe BART is actually uh, mostly autonomous. It can actually run in its own, but the idea came that people were in very uh, difficult state not having a, a driver or someone in charge of the vehicle. Nowadays, we kind of rely on those conductors in order to um, make sure to get through tunnels or places where the communication system is broken down, in some cases where the main, uh, maintenance issues have gotten so bad that um, it just hands over the controls to the, uh, to the operator um, or, yeah. Um, and so to me to say that we'll ever have fully autonomous, uh, autonomous vehicles, uh, I don't believe there will ever be a point where we just don't have units, where we don't have the common worker um, working with BART. Um, yeah, I think it's more of a matter of passenger safety and making sure you have someone who has communication is working with the control center to uh, know what's going on, can relay that information to the passengers. Also, who would be there to tell uh, the passengers not to break the doors or what bicycles uh, should not go into the first car, which most people don't get. <laughs> yeah, so as, as Ward just said, BART was built initially to be autonomous, and they tried that, and there were major problems, so they quickly moved to having 
uh, train operators to be there. Um, and nor in a normal day, the trains run automatically. Um, the train operator sometimes has to take it into manual mode when there are delays, um, when there are track problems, when there are weather issues. So there's all sorts of reasons why just kind of to operate the train, it's good to have them there. But besides operating the train, they're critical to have there whenever there are problems, both large and small. So right now we have so much crowding going on that I'm sure you've seen this at stations. Sometimes it takes quite a while for people to get off and then people to get on. And you might see that the train operators sticking their head out the window to see where everybody's on so they can safely move away without somebody getting stuck there. But also if there are bigger emergencies, it's really critical for them to be there. And they can be really helpful at identifying what's going wrong. Thanks so much. You get to handle that. Yeah, thank you. So next question starts with candidate Chu. Uh, and this is the first question going to the audience questions. Somewhat related actually to the last question. How would you, if you were elected, prevent another BART strike without having an anti-strike law? Yeah, I know this question's gonna come up. I uh, I mentioned first of all, I'm a very independent candidate. I will be a very independent. So I will not be burdened by any uh, things I am beholden to special interest groups of humans. So I will have a clear mind when I negotiate the new contract with keeping the taxpayers and riders in mind, always for the benefit of riders and, and, and the taxpayers. Of course, we want to be fair to the employees as well. So I will be. I look forward to that. I think, I think no, I'm not an anti-union person. I think I can work very well with them. I've spoken to them over the course of this campaign. I think they are just people just like us, as family and So I will be able to work with them pretty well without having to have a strike and giving away everything unsustainable and costly. Um, my personal reasons for why the strike happened was that the BART board wasn't directly involved with the discussions going on between staff and uh, the uh, union workers. Um, and then when it came up to recommendation, the staff would have, or the administrative staff would have, or no, uh, would have to say, do not accept this, uh, accept this contract. And then the bargaining unions would say, well, you're leaving us no option but to strike. Um, I would absolve that by being involved with discussion directly, having discussions with the unions or having a committee, which uh, Director Sultan has, I think, leading now um, and has been working with them. has been proven successful. They've uh, created, they've created a tentative agreement or an agreement that really just got signed, uh, re-signed, uh, to uh, continue working relations through the infrastructure rebuilding. So this is something that I've been working on since the labor negotiations in 2013. Obviously what happened in 2013 can never happen again, and I think that's universally felt by the Bar Board, our management, our unions, and the whole Bay Area. Um, so the board saw that, and we decided to do something that the Bar Board had never done before, even though they've had lots of bad labor negotiations. We started a committee of the board, um, which I now chair, um, and we've been working together collaboratively with the unions and with management to create steps forward so we don't find ourselves in that situation again. 
we hired a consultant to give us a report, giving us some recommendations. It was good having this outside person who hadn't been involved so we could all listen to them. Um, and we're implementing those recommendations. We've been working on building trust, better communication, better relationships in both the day-to-day -day and leading to negotiations, and better work within the BART board to have better communications um, and better goals so we can have better success. Well, let me just say, first of all, I do not believe in a law that prevents workers from being able to collectively bargain or strike. So I'm going to go on record saying that. I think the way we prevent a future strike is to show labor and the citizens of the Bay Area that we're going to make uh, changes in management. We're going to optimize the way management conducts its business. So I talked about transparency. I talked about holding leadership accountable. I would go beyond just the committees, which are a good step. I would get in the trenches and hold three by three by three working committees with labor, management, outside groups, et cetera, and BART board to start addressing issues such as maintenance, reliability, you name it, and you start building a culture of trust and you start showing success. And I think that helps you in the next negotiation because A, labor sees the operational realities, and B, the board kind of has a hand on what's going on, a, a pulse on the situation. So if you get your management house in order, you can achieve those gains. Thank you very much. Candidate Friedman, next question. How much land owned by BART is currently used for housing? Where can more best be built? Uh, that's a little bit of a more specific question. Uh, I really don't have the answer to how much land is owned by BART and how much is currently held by, land, uh, held by housing. I know there's certain locations that they're looking to grow it. I believe uh, Oakland Coliseum, they're building one out there in MacArthur, they're building. Um, but I believe that that's also a necessity is that uh, transit-oriented development should continue to be on part land if we have the option. And um, I hope to continue that. I believe that uh, Santa Clara extensions are also building or building, working on building transit-oriented development there at the utilities in support of that. I don't have the exact figures in front of me of the, the percentage, but what I can tell you is the, the board has really been focused on transit-oriented development. Uh, just earlier this year, we updated our TOD policy. Um, it hadn't been updated in 10 years, so we really needed to do that to kind of refresh and make it very clear to developers what we're looking for, that we're looking for affordable housing, that we're looking for denser development, that we're looking for them to build bicycle pedestrian infrastructure into the development, and of course the affordable housing requirement. Um, we're working on quite a few developments in BART District 3, um, including one that's uh, about to open in a couple of months, 100% uh, affordable housing development at San Leandro BART, just right across from the BART station. Um, and we're working right now with the city of El Cerrito on planning a project at El Cerrito Plaza that would include housing, retail, and a public library, which would just be fantastic. So we want to pursue more projects like that. Uh, I think transit-oriented development is very important. I grew up in an area where we can walk the park, so you know, of course I'm for it. Uh, I'm going to answer the question this way. I think BART needs to ensure that any development is not a giveaway to developers 
or that the contracts to build these uh, affordable housing units are done in a fair and equitable fashion. And the only way you can achieve that is through my theme here of transparency and action, is ensuring that you're asking the tough questions of management so that there aren't, you know, uh, backroom deals going to big developers. That's the first thing I want to focus on is to ensure that we're not giving away the public's money in an inefficient fashion, that it is going to transoriented development and that we're using every dollar and every power that we can efficiently and transparently. But I think it's a great thing and I think BART is leading the way in that. Because they are currently uh, land available around certain qualified water stations, such as San Diego Station, which is in our district, as well as the Los Station. Um, these qualified or desirable stations that can be used to develop uh, transit-oriented development will be an ideal uh, project for future part uh, management and board. Um, I am really a supporter of the walkable, bikeable, mixed-use housing, for example. Uh, also, watch the, some of the um, affordable housing that we need, to, uh, we need to make available to people. So the idea is, again, this is good because it's going to reduce uh, people hopping to their cars and driving to stations. So if you can live around that station that's walkable and bikeable, then there's no need to more parking and, uh, and driving to bus stations. So this will be the, the final question. This is a bit of a stretch question. Um, obviously, Lee is, is one of its key missions is to make democracy work, as we say. And we're showing enthused there's four candidates for this seat. But given that it's a plurality election method, that means that the winner can win with just 25% support or slightly more. So we're interested in hearing your thoughts on whether that's a good election method, if there's some other election method that the board should pursue. That's, that's an interesting question. Um, I know, you know, in, in Berkeley and in Oakland and other cities, we have a different way where you have ranked choice voting. I think that's something BART could pursue. It would have to be through state legislation because we were created through the BART Act from the state legislature, so I don't think the BART board could do it on our own. Um, it's something I would support. I would want to look into it more and kind of look at the past elections and how it would impact it. It's uh, frankly kind of unusual to have this many uh, candidates in the BART race. Um, I think people are getting more interested in BART, and so we're seeing more of the BART races have more people running, whereas in the past, a lot of times people ran unopposed or just a couple of people. Um, I'm proud to say that even in my initial race with three people in the race, I still did get over 50%, so I'm happy to have had that, and I hope to have that again, um, but reform is something we can look at. Um, I think we should look at ranked choice voting as they do, or as they do in Berkeley, I should say. Um, I'm not taking any campaign contributions. You can't donate to me. And it's been very tough to mount a campaign. I'm not part of the usual Democratic groups or independent groups, et cetera. Getting my name out there has been very difficult, especially with a campaign built on duct tape and chewing gum. But I want to, you know, I want to campaign on the power of ideas. So. Uh, I think that would help, and I'm a big believer in public financing of elections. I think we need to do that to take money out of politics. I'm proud not to take any campaign contributions from anyone, 
but I certainly think we're relooking at how we elect these seats at a grassroots level. You know, why do we need to have fundraisers or money uh, and, and get the candidates out there is something that's very important, and I think goes to the thesis of the League of Women Voters as well.
Thanks again for inviting us here today. Um, once again, my, my priorities, as I mentioned in my opening, have been to reinvest in the BART system, to increase access to our stations, and to increase the equity within the system. And since it just came up, um, I have a lot of interests. And so one of the things I've been working on is campaign reform. Um, so I got the BART board this year to support two pieces of legislation, one which passed which allows public, fi uh, public financing of campaigns by localities. So that's something I'd like to pursue at BART, and I think we should really pursue everywhere. Um, and I also um, got us to support legislation that didn't pass that would have capped the, the contribution, would have created a contribution limit for all localities that don't have one. BART doesn't have one. I actually think that's wrong. Um, unfortunately, that legislation didn't pass, but that's something I will continue to pursue. Um, I've been working hard throughout our District 3, and I think that's part of what has earned me broad support throughout the district. Um, and I'm proud to be supported by the Sierra Club, the Democratic Party, the San Francisco Chronicle, and many local electeds, including State Senator Lonnie Hancock, Assemblymember Tony Thurmond, uh, most of the Berkeley City Council, including Jesse Aragine, Lori Capitelli, Lori Drosty, Daryl Moore, Susan Wenbrack, and Chris Worthington, um, as well as the Albany Mayor Peter Moss and Albany City Council Member Nick Pilch. Um, and I, of course, also have great support from the AC Transit Board, who we've been working with closely, including um, Chris Peoples, who's sitting here in the audience, uh, Greg, Greg Harper, and Elsa Ortiz. And I'd love to have your support as well and to continue serving our district three. Uh, hi again, I'm Worth Freeman. Um, I'm not just a transit rider, I'm a transit advocate. Uh, I love BART, I love the transit of the Bay Area, and I hope to continue working to make it better whether or not I'm elected. Um, I don't drive, I don't even have a license. I've never even bothered to learn to drive. And um, I hope to be a transit rider for life, but to do that, BART needs to continue working, and the Bay Area Transit in general needs to continue working, and I hope for one, that BART uh, continues to have a focus on that, and I would totally, and I would be, uh, I would try my hardest to drive BART towards building its infrastructure and making sure maintenance and safety is the top priority. Um, I also believe that transparency is needed for a more modern government, that we develop a way for uh, people not to minorly be inconvenienced and learn about what's happening as far as BART and transportation living. Um, and to do that, I think we need to evolve technology, which has been a great way of innovating and um, reaching the attention of young people and of older, older, older people. Uh, and then for my last bit, I hope to um, drive uh, greater transit uh, communication relationships and make AC Transit, the county connection, Emory, um, Emory go round. All these uh, great transit agencies work greater together and involved in the conversation um, rather than trying to work through uh, MTC to wait for them to come up with some grand design to uh, make uh, transit work for everyone in the Bay Area. The fact that we have private shuttles moving them across the Bay is uh, just a little bit of a shame. Um, and so that's uh, me. Thank you, uh, the League of Women Voters, for having us here. And uh, uh, go out and vote. So, what will I bring to the board board? So I'm going to address three areas. First is fiscal responsibility. Second is strategic infrastructure investments and equitable to all. 
24th century. So thank you very much. And we'll pick up next with the uh, bar measure, the bond measure.